Welcome to the Littles Love Learning Podcast, the place to be if you want to teach your child to read and write correctly and effectively based on the science of reading. My name's Erin, and I'm a former classroom teacher with my master's degree in early childhood education and over 15 years experience. And although I'm no longer in the classroom full-time, I spend my days subbing, tutoring, volunteering, and working with students on their literacy skills. I am passionate about helping parents like you understand how kids learn to read and write in the right way, because yes, there is a right way. Each week we'll tackle the most important topics in early literacy, including the best way to teach letters and sounds, the difference between sight words and high frequency words, and why spelling and handwriting should not be skipped. Are you ready to help your child become a strong reader? Then let's dive into today's episode. Today I'm going to share with you the most effective way for us to teach high frequency words to our little ones. Now if you have not already watched my video about the differences between sight words and high frequency words, I would recommend you stop this video and go check that one out so that you understand the definitions, the differences between the two terms, and I also bust some myths about sight words in that video. So today, we want to talk about the most effective ways to teach these words, which I'm going to refer to as high-frequency words. High-frequency words make up the bulk of the print that our little ones are going to read. According to some sources, the first 20 high-frequency words will represent about 25% of the print that they read. So they are definitely, definitely important. Some of them are going to be phonetically regular, and some of them will be phonetically irregular. Now, before you ever get to high frequency words, it is so, so crucial that your kids at home or your students in the classroom understand the alphabetic principle and they know that letters represent sounds and they know which letters represent which sounds. You want them to already have that information. If your child or your students are still learning letters and sounds, it is not time to go into high frequency words. Letters and sounds are super important first. They need a solid foundation in this area. We want them to be able to play and manipulate the sounds in oral language, which is called phonological and phonemic awareness. I will link my videos about them down below. So there is no reason to rush into high frequency words. The only reason I'm sharing about it on my channel, even though most of you are preschool, pre-K or kindergarten teachers and parents, is because some of your kids are ready for this. And if they are, I want you to have the information of how to teach these words correctly instead of the old way, which was just having kids memorize lists of words without doing any sound mapping with those words. So we want to move away from that memorization and we want to get to pulling apart the sounds in words so that our little ones will learn them more effectively. Now, I mentioned this in my other video about sight words and high frequency words, but as humans, we store the memory of words in our brains by sounds. So we don't store visual pictures of the words, we actually store them by sounds. It's an oral filing system, which totally makes sense because we have evolved to speak, but we have not evolved to read and write. Reading and writing is not natural by any means, but speech is. So since we've evolved to remember these words by sound, it is so important that we pull apart the sounds from the words to remember them more effectively. You can technically memorize these words as whole words, rote memorization through sheer will and force and flashcards and just seeing the word over and over again and having your child remember that word. 
But let me give you an analogy. Let's say you're driving to work and your work is 20 miles away. You have two choices. You can drive in your car or you can ride your bike. Both ways are going to get you to your job. But the difference is that if you're riding your bike, it is much harder and it is going to take much longer for you to get where you're trying to go. Whereas if you drive in your car, you're gonna get there much faster. That is really the difference between rote memorization and phoneme, grapheme, mapping, which is what we're gonna talk about today. Rote memorization is that bicycle. You're gonna get there, possibly. It's gonna take you a long time. And honestly, when our kids memorize words as whole words, usually they forget them. Have you ever had a student or your child be able to read a word on Monday? And then when you check it again on Wednesday, they have no idea what that word is. That's that rote memorization. It's just not effective. But if you're getting to work in your car, you're getting there faster, you're gonna be able to remember these words much more effectively by doing phoneme, graphing, mapping. So I'm going to explain what that is and I'm gonna show you an example today. So phoneme grapheme mapping is a research-based activity that helps readers build these word recognition skills, helps them to map the sounds of the words in their brain so that these words will become sight words, words that they can read by sight. So we've talked about this in previous videos, but in case you haven't seen them, a phoneme is a sound in a word. It's the smallest unit of speech sound in a word. Grapheme refers to the letters that represent those speech sounds. So that's where we get phoneme grapheme mapping from. We're talking about the speech sounds mapped on to the printed letters to show how to spell the word. So here are the steps for phoneme grapheme mapping. First, you want to sequ sequentially isolate each sound in a word. So basically, you're taking the word apart orally into its individual sounds. Second, you want to identify the corresponding graphemes. So now that you've pulled apart the sounds in the word, you want to match those sounds with the printed letters that your little one knows. And then third, if there are any unexpected printed letters in the word, you want to point those out. And then you want to show your little one the expected and unexpected graphemes in that spelling. Like we mentioned, high frequency words might be phonetically regular, and they also might be phonetically irregular, but you're wanting to point out if there's any irregularities in the word, but you're still mapping it onto a sound and matching it with a printed letter. So let me show you an example for the word sum. We know that sum is going to have some unexpected spellings, but our little ones don't know that yet. In fact, we don't want them to see the word at all, but we do know that sum is a high frequency word that they're going to see often. So. Don't show them the word, but you're going to start by saying the word some. And you're gonna ask them, how many sounds do you hear? So, some, s-uh, mm, mm, three sounds. If your little one can't do this and they can't break apart the sounds yet, they're probably not ready for the rest of these steps for high frequency words. So go back, work on phonological and phonemic awareness before you rush into high frequency words. But if they can break apart that word some, they know it's three sounds, we're gonna put three sound dots on our paper. Now we're gonna go back through and we're gonna say the sounds and map the printed letter onto that sound. So what letter represents that sound? Well, in some, 
represented by the letter S. So I'm going to write it here. Uh. Uh is represented usually by the letter U, but we know that that's not how to spell it. They still haven't seen it, but we know it's not how to spell it. So we're going to put the uh sound up here so that we can tell them it is actually spelled with a different letter. Then we'll keep going through. Mmm, our last sound, mmm, spelled with the letter M. So this is what we have so far. Now we're gonna show them which letters are actually used to represent the sounds that are irregular. So we're gonna go back and show them that letter O is spelling the uh sound and that there is an E at the end of this word. Some. So the reason that we pull apart these sounds is so now they know that some is s, uh, mm, but it's spelled some because it's phonetically irregular. Teaching words this way, whether they're irregular or if they're regular, you don't have to worry about any of the irregularities, is so, so powerful because this is how our brains remember. This is how we store words auditorily in our brains. And this is what we wanna do with each of those high frequency words with our students. Now I am going to include a video next showing how a little one who is four years old is able to map the word this by using pulling apart the sounds and using what he knows about the letters and which letters represent which sounds to spell the word. Now a caution about the word this if you have not taught the digraph TH yet, that would be phonetically irregular for your kids. They would not realize that the letters TH represent V in this. But in the example I'm going to show you, this four-year-old does know the TH digraph, which is why I love to teach digraphs before I dive into any high-frequency words that include digraphs. I think it makes it much easier. The less irregular sounds in these high-frequency words, the better. So if we can teach them in an order where more of the sounds are going to be phonetically regular because they've learned those patterns, that's so much more powerful than throwing at them words that have phonics patterns that older students will know, but they don't know yet because they're so young. So just think about that when you're choosing which high frequency words to introduce to your little ones at home or to your class. Okay, here's the video. What's your word? Uh, th this. Pound it? I did. Tap the sounds? This. Okay, spell it. What's the first sound? T. Mm. Mm. How do we spell TH? TH in one box because it's one sound. This. Last sound? Great job. Now, can you tap the sounds? This. Can you read the word? This. Great job. So I hope that video was helpful to show how a little one can actually phoneme graphy map these high frequency words and how he is able to use his knowledge of letters and sounds to spell the word. Now, I wanted to leave you with an analogy that I heard on a podcast all about teaching reading that I thought was really, really helpful. Imagine you have a closet and in your closet, you have five dresses. That's all you have. Now imagine a different closet where you have 
five shirts and five skirts. In closet number one, you only have five outfits because you can just wear that dress. But in closet number two, where you have five shirts and five skirts, you can actually mix and match to make 25 different outfits. So which one gives you more outfit choices? Well, of course, it's closet number two. That is just like memorizing words versus phoneme graphing mapping the words. When we have students memorize high frequency words, it's like giving them a closet full of dresses. They can't pull apart or mix and match anything. All they know is that one word because they've memorized it as a whole word. But when we teach them to phoneme graphing map, they are able to use the knowledge from one word when they're learning a different word. So for example, if they have learned the word some and we phoneme graphing mapped it, then they're gonna have an easier time learning the word come because they can see the patterns, the similarities and the differences because we've pulled apart the sounds in the words. So they're able to use the knowledge to transfer to other words. And that's what we want. We get more bang for our buck that way. Instead of just having them memorize a whole word, we are having them use their knowledge and their patterns to learn other words more quickly. So that I think is a great visual that we want them to have that closet full of more outfits. The more, the better in this case. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. For more information on helping your child learn to read, head over to my website, littleslovelearning.com. While you're there, don't forget to join my email list so you stay up to date with all things early literacy. You can also find me over on Instagram at littleslovelearningblog. Happy learning!